This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Stevens, the award-winning and New York Times best-selling author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time from Dallas, Texas today, and we are at BoucherCon in a room, a large room that they have set aside for us. Not <laughs> for us, us. We know to yeah. them. Yes. <laughs> that they've set aside for us for recording today off the bar where Taylor says everything happens in VoucherCon is in the bar. And this is the first time that Steve and I are recording face-to-face, and we're snickering and laughing at each other as we do this. So yeah, It's like two kids, because when we record these, we have never done, we've never recorded the video, we have never looked each other in the eye when we're talking before. <laughs> and when we first met at the fan event, well, well, first, let me say that we're not really going to be talking about kicking your writing in the butt for this show. This is all chit-chat. It's going to be all BoucherCon, but it will be fun. So stay tuned for that. But we had the fan event on Tuesday night, and Taylor sent out a message saying that she'll be the one with the purple hair. <laughs> but she was sitting in like a dark area off the bar. But fortunately, I saw a mutual friend, Joan, and I thought, okay, Joan is sitting next to a person that must be Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just harder to see the purple hair in the darker areas, and I did not realize that. So if uh, somebody tried to find me and didn't, you have my sincerest apologies. Yes, so it, it was hard to see the, the, uh, the hair. But that was the first time Taylor and I had actually met. And I can't even tell you how weird it was <laughs> to sit in a group of people and listen to Taylor talk and be looking at her. <laughs> It just, makes it, was, it sound like I'm really, really weird to look at. <laughs> no, that's that's not it at all. It's just I'm so used to hearing your voice and having no nothing else going through my mind. It's just hearing your voice and concentrating on your voice. But now it's like you're making gestures and you're moving and you're smiling and you're you're making eye contact with people. And it was a completely different experience for me. Yeah, well, it wasn't weird at all seeing Steve, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the the fan event. Yeah. That's something that you do regularly. Um, is is was was what I experienced pretty much the norm? Yeah, I mean, basically, anytime I'm somewhere out and about, um, if I'm going to be in a town where I'm doing an event, I will try to put. It depends on my timing, but I'll try and put out a call to just anybody who's in the area who wants to come. And sometimes I've had you know twenty people have shown up, and sometimes it's a small little crowd like we had, which was like you know seven eight people, something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, yeah, we just chit-chat, talk about whatever. Random topics come along, just like you would if you were hanging out with a group of friends. Yes, so. and it was it was fun for me because I had met Joan before, and uh, but I'd never met any of the other folks before. I'd, I'd had some interaction. I, I know with at least one person in the uh, Facebook group, but the others were new to me, so that was interesting. And it was just interesting to hear the whole conversation and to hear just people's people's thoughts about the conference and people's thoughts about writing and and things like that. So these were 
These were fans, not yeah. writers. Were any of them writers? Um, no. Well, I'm trying to remember who came when, but mostly, mostly just fans. Okay. All right, and so there was some, many of the people there have had the chance to read the ARC or the advanced reader copy of your book. Some. There were uh, some glowing reviews yeah. for that, so that was, that was good to hear. Um, and I, the next day, I came to this conference thinking I'm not going to know anybody. And that turned out not to be the case, which was kind of nice. But the first morning, I go down, I go down for breakfast, and... The only face I saw that I recognized was a gentleman named John who was at the event the night right. before. So I sat down with John and we had a chat. And he has been coming to BoucherCon for a decade, I think, he yes. said. And he takes pictures and this is a thing for him. And so I, I was quizzing him because Taylor's always said this is a fan event. So I thought that might meant 80% authors, 20% fans. And John said, no, it is like at least 60% fans. Yeah, I would have, I would have guessed at least 50-50, but I think closer to 60-40, yeah. But what I really want to know is I want to get your reaction, Steve, to being here. Like, this is your first BoucherCon. Mm -hmm. You've obviously gone to other book events. This is... It's not like you're new to this or anything, but it is your first BoucherCon, and I'm really curious what your impressions, your overall impressions are. Um, first, my, my initial impression is that it's too big. Really? Yes, it's it's too big because I normally do like to go to sessions when I when I come to conferences, and what I found myself doing was highlighting, oh, this session looks good, and oh, this session looks good, and oh, this session looks good, and they're all at the same time because there are like eight session rooms. So you have to pick the sessions you want to go to. Another thing that's really different about this conference that I didn't expect, but I have learned from talking to people that it is the norm here, is that this is because it's not a conference for writers, the content coming from the sessions is not what you would maybe want as a writer. It's not right. stuff so that you, you want to hear. Yeah, you're not going to a conference like this specifically to get writing advice or you're really coming to interact with authors that you've enjoyed reading and you want to hear about their how they how they came up with that idea or why how they work in a particular way when they're writing their stories or something. Yes. Uh, as, as, for example, the, I went to a panel today with someone who I knew was going to be on the panel I wanted to go and see. And plus the panel was interesting. The, the title of the panel, uh, I'll completely get it wrong. And actually, I'm not, even going to, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt. But it was something very specific, and it was something that I, as a writer, need help with. So I thought, oh, this will be great. I will go there. I will at least learn something. I, I sat there for 15 minutes, and... They didn't talk about the topic at all. Oh. They were talking about something completely different, and I'm just like, okay, this is not that was for a me. Waste of your so time. I'm so I'm leaving, and thankfully I did because I had a meeting at ten o'clock, and the, the session started at nine thirty, and I'd completely forgotten about my meeting, but which I did make, by the way. Yay! <laughs> um, however, let me say this: after the first day, I went to two sessions, and they were both disappointing. Um, but as Taylor has said many times on this show, she doesn't. She doesn't go to the sessions when she's here. If she's not there, and I thought, I'm going to do what Taylor does and not go to these sessions. I'm just going to hang out with people. And it turned out I wound up knowing lots of people here, which was great. But the one session that I went to that was really good 
where I actually took notes <laughs> and learned something was the panel that you were on. Right. Um, I, I got lucky being on a panel with some really, really, really smart people. It was an all-female panel, and I was the odd man out or odd woman out because the panel was on psychological suspense, which I do not write. <laughs> I write international thrillers. But um, scheduling for these uh, events, trying to fit every author into a panel that is appropriate for them, is a logistical nightmare that I would never want to have to take on. So, you know, you cannot complain. And I was just really happy to be with a smart team. And in the end, I did have a few insights to offer. But that panel really offered, I felt, actionable, practical advice yes. for people who were interested in developing their own psychological suspense. And I think most of the people that were there were, were writers because the questions that came up afterwards were like writing specific yes. questions. But there was one question that just tickled me. And it was, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into what the specifics of the question um, was, but it was something that we had talked about on the podcast not that long ago. And Taylor gave the most, well, I thought it was the best answer, and it was a very precise answer, and it was sort of a summation of like a 10-minute answer that you'd given to a question that I'd ask on the podcast, and you gave it in two two minutes. Or a was, minute or something. And it, it was, was just sure. perfect, and it was so helpful, and you could hear people in the audience say, oh, <laughs> it, which, was, which was great. And I'm sitting like 10 rows back with Joan. And uh, it was all over, and then Taylor looked at me and kind of smiled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, Steve's sitting there thinking, you guys, I get this every week. Yeah, except I get the long version. <laughs> you get the long version. So this is what we have to do to make Taylor be quiet and be concise. <laughs> Put five other people around her. Yes. Yeah. And the moderator of the panel was Kate White, who I did not, I'd looked, and I didn't realize she was going to be the, the moderator of the panel and I have read lots of her books, and I really like them. I did not know she wrote, also wrote Psychological Suspense. That was, that's not my thing as a reader. And oddly enough, as I'm hearing these writers talk about their psychological suspense, I'm like, God, I know why I don't read that stuff now. It sounds yeah, it was, it was it was a little like, now I know I don't write that stuff. Yes. But, you know, just as a side note, for anybody who has thought about attending one of these conferences and couldn't, I believe that all the sessions are recorded. They are all recorded. I don't know how you get access to the material. They, I believe they make the material available for sale. Like you can buy, um, set, you can buy recordings of the sessions, and where that becomes helpful is if you know there's a particular session that did turn out well. And we we did get a lot of feedback afterwards of people, not just Steve, but other people telling us that it was the most helpful session that they had attended up until that point. Yeah, by a large margin from, from what I could see. So, you know, if, if psychological suspense is your thing and you're looking for some actionable advice from actual people who do record psychological suspense, uh, who write psychological suspense, then it might be worth looking up that particular panel um, and seeing if you can get a recording of it. And I'm just letting you know that it's available. And I, I actually took some notes during this session. I'm, I'm trying to find them now. Taylor, can you fill for a second? <laughs> <laughs> and here we insert a numerical pause. <laughs> tap, 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 tap dancing we go. Uh, because this is Steve on his phone, and Steve is terrible on his phone. Um, all right, so here are the notes. 
that I wrote, and none of these, sadly, were things that, that you had said because I'd already heard those things. Right. I'd already written down and already done podcasts about them. But one of them was something that Kate White said that she had heard uh, another writer say, and that was had a sticky note on their computer, maybe, on their monitor, that said, every scene needs a surprise, a reveal, or a reversal. And I thought that was interesting. What are your thoughts on that particular... Well, see, I've never been one to really... <sighs> always understand what some of this stuff is. You know, uh -huh. we, we've talked about this before that I, it doesn't always make sense to me. And so when you when you hard code this formula of, you know, surprise, whatever, mm -hmm. it feels very constricting. Because for me, storytelling is just an innate sense of story, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for me, I'm just like, whatever. You know, like, it goes in one ear and out the other because I don't know how to translate that into everyday practical life, what that actually means on the page. But for someone who is looking for a formula to follow or a reminder, I think it's, it's a very good, um, a, a good formula, I guess. Um, someone else on the panel said something that was very hack the crafty and something that I have said before in different words. And she was essentially, for, for a quick summary, basically saying character in motion. She was saying how every scene needs to be told through action. Mm -hmm. You can't just have these flashbacks that are just memories and, and, and so on. And um, I felt that that articulated it even better. Like, it, it's true that you need a surprise. And or, I don't know about the reversal part because that it, it's so situational. And sometimes I think that it's like... If you've ever seen a movie where the action just keeps going and going yeah, and going and going, it becomes and overwhelming, and you're yeah. just like, that's, that is so heavy plot-driven that it's not even uh, continuing, you know, the, the story gets interrupted by having to complete, continue to throw these reversals and, and whatever. If you have small scenes, I wouldn't even know how you would do that. But the concept of it, that to keep readers in suspense, to keep them entertained, keep them turning pages, is... is is solid and also encapsulated by what one of the other panelists said was, don't be boring. Yes. Which so, is, yes. It seems obvious, but it's one of those things that needs to be said from time to time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, I said in the beginning that there's not going to be any really, like, kicking your writing in the butt stuff, but this is kicking your kind writing of, in the butt yeah. stuff. What, there's what a, are your other notes, though? Well, there's, there's a book. I, I want to get back to the reversal thing. Okay. Because and the, one of the reasons that stuck out to me, and I can't remember the name of the book, and I can't remember the person who wrote it, but there was someone who said that every scene should have a reversal. And so in my own mind once, when I was trying to plot something out, I was trying to do that. And the reversal being like taking the character or the situation from positive to negative. So every scene needed to reverse that. And that gave me such a headache, and I, it just never made sense to me. So the way this was structured, where every so often there's a reversal, or there may be a surprise, or there may be something else, that seemed more doable to me than just trying to have a reversal every time. And I, I can see how having a, a reversal from positive to negative in every scene would keep you turning the page, but it would also give you whiplash. Yeah, it would be quite... Um, for me as a reader, it, it would not be a book that I would enjoy reading. But obviously there are people that that's exact. And you, you have to ask, who was it that said this? And I think she said it was Joe Finder, but I'm not completely sure. Um, who said it? What do they write? Mm 
and who's their audience, right? Yes. Uh -huh. Because different different genres are going to have different expectations. And for me, it's really a case of does it serve the story? Does it serve the? Is it is it making the story richer? Is it is it bringing the reader deeper into the story? And I I just I don't think I could do the whiplash. I don't think I could write a book where every scene has some kind of a reversal. That's just too, I couldn't do it. There was one other question where your answer was different kind of than everyone else's, and it was the critique group question. Yeah. And, I, and that was, I, I knew what your answer was going to be, so I was anxious to hear it, and I was also anxious to hear the, the, the reaction in the crowd, which was very positive. It's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But um, do you want to just share your your answer? Well, first the question. Um, so the, uh, an audience member asked, um, at what stage, or do we, as the panelists, the, uh, the authors up there, let other people read our work? And like, do we let people read rough drafts? And there was quite a varied uh, response. Like one person had 17 beta yes. readers that it, they- It was like real time reading the story as she went. And interestingly enough, she said she did that for reasons of sensitivity. Yes, and because to make sure she wasn't offending specific um, issues. People like, like say or, somebody, yeah. so she wanted somebody who had bipolar, for example, I'm making this up, to read this to make sure she wasn't being offensive to people with that particular mm -hmm. mental struggle. Um, and so she had 17 people that were, were reading her work. And that was just like, oh, my God, I could never, <laughs> I could never. I would send it afterwards, you know. Um, and then somebody else said that they had a few people. Someone else said nobody ever got to see their work. But my answer wasn't really so much about me. It was like, well, yeah, I don't either really much. But a lot of people do benefit from that, from having others read their work. And my advice on that always is be careful who you trust, because are they somebody who um, has experience in this area? Is it somebody who's gone where you want to go? Is it somebody who um, isn't going to sabotage you just for the sake of, of jealousy or something else? And how getting feedback from the wrong people, people who don't have your best interest in heart, can sometimes be more harmful than getting any feedback at all. Yeah, so that was, that was a very positively received answer. So, I mean, that's a little bit about some of the sessions that have been here. You asked my in initial impressions of the conference, and th there are just lots of people everywhere. Everywhere you go, it's, you know, crowds of people, especially as the sessions let out. And uh, essentially, the hotel has reached the point where, after the first night, it's like no more reservations. In, no, in the they were booked out. Oh, yeah, in, in the, yeah, in, in the restaurants. In, so you can't get reservations because it's just too insane. They can't allow that. And so you just either have to go early or wait. Um, but just, you know, it, it's like throwing, you're making a decision, I'm going to throw myself back into this sea of people for a little while, which for me is invigorating and really fun for you. I, it's I think a little, it it's a little exhausting, which is why I, I don't go to panels just because I like, it's not like I, I'm too good for that. It's just it's so exhausting to be in this constant ebb and flow of humanity. But at the same time, um, this is such a friendly group. Mm -hmm. And everybody who you meet is open to conversation and is happy to discuss, just talk. You know, we're all here more or less for the same reason, love of books, thrillers, mystery, suspense. And um, I will run into people that... For example, there's someone who 
came up to me and said, I don't know if you remember me, but we met in St. Louis. And I was like, yeah, on the train going to, to BowserCon. It was my first BowserCon. And she'll, she'll, oh, you really remember? Yeah, wow. of course. And she came and found me. And there's there's been people I've met in elevators or just struck up conversations with. Or people have struck up conversations with me just over the years, just mm-hmm. gradually. And then you run into them again. And three years later, right? And there's this connection, there's this friendship. And so every year you make new friends. Mm-hmm. And you might not see them again for several years, but then there they are again. And you're reminiscing, oh, remember that time? And do you remember that panel? And do you remember? And yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's such a warm and welcoming community. And not all author communities are like this. You know, some of them are a little more, I don't know, backstabby. Some of them are a little more exclusive. But there's just something about the thriller, mystery, suspense, crime writer community that's very like, oh, hey, let's go have a beer, <laughs> you know? It is, it's a good time. And one of the things that I have really enjoyed um, from a from a, just a reader fan perspective being here is interacting with other reader fans. Yeah. Um, walking through, there's a big room filled with books. And so the first day... There are all these books that are available for free. They give you four tickets, and you can select four books. It doesn't always work the same way every mm-hmm. year. It's worked like this the last okay. couple of years. All right. So anyway, that was that was fun, and just kind of walking in there and seeing the books and picking out a few things. And uh, but then after that, the bookstores move in, and there is a, apparently a big bookstore that provides all the books for this, author this year. Yes. Okay. So. There's just it. It is like a big, cool bookstore like a book of all the kind almost, of yeah. books that you like to read. If if you like to read the you know mysteries and thrillers, plus it's just plus filled a, with all this. A lot of the publishers that are here, they have they're here to support their like the authors are here, but the publishers come in with their publicists and they'll just have boxes and boxes and boxes of books that they'll be giving away. Mm-hmm. So they'll have like 15 of their authors in a particular room with a couple boxes of books books couple boxes of books each. You guys try that. It's a tongue twister for each author. And the authors will just sign and give away copies for anybody who's in line until they run oh, out. Mean, and so yeah. they, they will announce though. They don't, I mean, it's written in the program. Sometimes you just have to look for them and, and be in the right place at the right time. And the books go fast. But so yeah, it's a great, if you, if you're looking for free books, <laughs> this is, there's a lot of people yeah. can't even carry away yeah, all the books I, that I've they get. People just like lugging in rolling suitcases. But one of the things that's fun, and you would not experience this because you're not going to the bookstore to buy books to get them signed, is interacting with people who are doing that. It's like, oh, is that book good? Oh, that looks really good. And then just starting these conversations with people about books, which is something that as readers, we love to talk about the books we love. We love to, you know, we, we love to get suggestions from people. And it's, I mean, yesterday I was looking for a particular book and I had like five people helping me look for it. And it turned out that they were out. They couldn't. They didn't have any more of these, um, which was kind of fun. And I'll, I'll tell a story because I have a neighbor who, whose name is Sally. And since no one in, <gasps> in our neighborhood story. even knows that I do this podcast, no one will listen to it. But Sally loves thrillers. And she knows what I do. And she's always asking me, is there any thriller that I should read? And I always say, well, you should read The Informationist. And so she says, Informationist. I need to write that down. The informationist. And six months later, they they live in Europe and they come back. Did you read the informationist? No. Should I read the informationist? And we go through this. <laughs> we go through this dance. And um, so actually, it was about two weeks ago. She said, "Are there any books that I should read?" And I'm like, 
I can't think of anything. And <laughs> because I was exhausted from this dance. And so I'm here, and I did not expect to see any copies of the informationist at the bookstore. I figured it would just be the, the, the most current book. And, and there were a few copies of the informationist. So I grabbed one of those and grabbed uh, the first Jack and Jill book and took them up. And Taylor gives me this look like, why are you doing this? And it's like, this is for my friend Sally. And I've been bugging her to, uh, to read this book for a while. She keeps asking. And so um, Taylor signed it. Sally, it's about time. It's about darn time. <laughs> it's about darn time. <laughs> so that'll be fun. I look forward to giving that to Sally. So what's, what's, has there been anything different about this BoucherCon for you? Well, that it's in Dallas. It's been, this is my, this is where I live. And so to be, you know, to not have to pack for a trip and just be able to throw everything in the trunk of the car, I so overpacked. <laughs> I've got so much stuff I don't need. Um, that's probably the biggest difference. And can I just say that I learned one pro tip from you this week? What was that? The Uber Eats thing. Oh, yeah. I had never thought of that before. Because it's like, you know, you come down, I'll go down and have breakfast. Julie and I will go down and have breakfast. It's 60 bucks. Yeah. And so, and like Taylor's like, eh, I'm not doing that. Uber Eats. <laughs> or, or DoorDash or Grubhub or yes, whatever or whatever, whatever yes. one your, your thing is. And I don't normally do that because I don't eat out and I don't spend, I don't have the budget to spend money on fast food and stuff or even restaurant food. But, but you have to eat. You have to eat when you're here. And the way this hotel is, is it's, even though it's in the heart of downtown, it's kind of set, there is set aside. There's nothing here. You have to, There's there nothing is, around. You have to find the tunnel, which okay. I know where that is now, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, so just getting out of the hotel is a little bit of a challenge to get to something. And so to me, the easiest thing is just have them bring it to your door. <laughs> then you don't have to deal with it. And last night, going back up to the room, there's this good-looking young guy gets in carrying a bag. And I'm like, he doesn't have a name tag on. He must not be associated. And then I realized it was a food bag. And he got off on the same floor I was. And he was looking left, looking right, trying to figure out the rooms. And he was a... So clearly, he was, he I was, was not the only person with yes. this idea. Yes, he was, uh, he was doing that. So um, from my perspective, uh, the most surprising thing was the number of people that I recognized and knew. That just shocked the heck out of me. And you, you're talking about how friendly people are. And it's just the kind of thing where you're talking to somebody and somebody else walks by and they drag them into the conversation yeah. and introduce you. So by the end of a, you have new friends. End of a few days, you have lots of new friends. Yeah. And I mean, this morning, for example, Julie, Julie had driven to Giddings, Texas, uh, which is about three hours from here, to see her son yesterday. So I had a long period of time by myself. And it was... Oh, this is, we're talking about this morning. So she, anyway, she did not want to get up and have breakfast. So I'm wandering around this morning. She's like, I'm hungry. I want to have breakfast. So I thought, I'm going to look around and find somebody to have breakfast with. And so I found somebody that I knew and said, hey, do you want to have breakfast? Like, sure. And so on the way up to have breakfast, we found two other people to have breakfast. And we had this, you know, four-guy conversation about Bowser Khan and, and, you know, do you know this person? Do you know that person? And it was fascinating. It was, it's fun. It was it's fun. what makes these conferences yes. what they are. Yes. And it, it's just so energizing. And I was telling Julie, and I'm even ashamed to say this. I will not say this to Taylor. So I'm, I can't look at her when I say it. So I have to look away. But I'm actually really excited about writing again. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. And, and it's true. Like, that's why a lot of authors come to these places. Because when, you, when you're an author, you spend a lot of time in isolation. Um, just dealing with your with your work and so to be able to 
talk to other authors or talk to fans. And, and when people come up and tell you how much they appreciate what you do, mm -hmm. it reinvigorates you and it makes you go, okay, I, I'm going to get back on, you know, pick this back up. And so it's like, it's a boost. It's like a, getting a B12 shot. Can I just tell like one little awkward story? Not involving me because I wouldn't tell an Is awkward story. Is it involving me? me? No, not okay. nor you. But anyway, um, we're on the floor where the bar is. And yes. as you say, everything happens at the bar. And there is a bathroom kind of around the corner from, and it, they're not big. The bathrooms are not no. big. And so occasionally there's a line. And so I'm going into the men's room, and this other guy comes out of the men's room and sees a very famous female author in line to go to the ladies' room and engages her in conversation about how great she is. And I'm like, that, that just doesn't feel right. She's like just wanting to get out of that line so bad. <laughs> uh, you take your compliments when you can get them, That's right? That's right, yes. Uh, any, any compliment is a good compliment. So any anything to close with our BoucherCon episode? Because we are going to record another one right after this. You'll hear, hear the same wonderful room echo. We are actually sharing a microphone for the first time ever. Um, my wife is here, and she's taking pictures, so we'll maybe Doe Taylor's covering her, covering her eyes. We may post pictures on the in the show notes. Um, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how great of a magician Julie is with pictures. <laughs> so that that is it. But we are going to be recording an actual hack the craft episode. Well, not a, a, a writing related yeah, writing episode. Writing next with the same wonderful room Echo. So we'll be back in your ear with Echo again next Tuesday. See you then. <laughs>